I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub, and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road, and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families, in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you Lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Bermondsey. Set no sandwich. Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome to the post-Swansea City Achtung Millwall. Joining me to chew the cud of last night's nil-nil draw. Hard-fought nil-nil draw, I thought. But joining me is Mr Michael Avery. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are we, Nick? How are we, listeners? Uh, firstly, well done to all of those who made that travel, because that's a long old trick. It is a, a long Tuesday, one. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday evening. So, uh, yeah. yeah, well done, guys. Well done. Well, well done, episode 220-something, I think I read last night online. Um, or they might have mentioned it on the on, on the, on the uh, coverage. It is a long trip, Michael. Swansea, seem, you, see, you get into Wales and you seem to get to, um, you know, Cardiff or the Fringe, but then you've got to go on and you've got to go to Swansea. It's, it's quite a way into the, into the um, Principality. Um, but I thought last night's game, I know it finished nil-nil, and I was reading different views and opinions online, as, as you always get. But I thought that was a fighting point. And the second half performance especially was exactly the kind of middle performance I want to see. Bit, a bit seat of the pants at times and some world-class saves from Bart Michael. But I, I, was, I, I was pleased with that point. And I thought we could have nicked it at the end. Yeah, it was. And I don't think you can be too disappointed. I think... A lot of the listeners, or, or maybe not listeners, but a lot of the people on Twitter who were saying about the first half, they were right. It, it was quite dull. Um, and I do recall the commentator saying in the second half, I think it was around the 60th minute, that not, no keeper had really, really ultimately been massively tested. Um, but as you say, I think Swansea at times were, were better than us. I, I, I think they're in, I don't know about you, Nick, but I think they're in a slightly false position because I actually think they knocked the ball around quite nicely at times, Swansea. So it wasn't as if we was going down there to play against a team who was absolutely dire. And no. like you say, there was a few. Like you say, there was a few times we actually did quite well and, and could have nicked it. Bradshaw's miss um, was was a bad one, but we'll touch on that later on. Yeah. And we and we sort of make some chances. I think Ballard skied one over the bar as well from close range when he should have hit the target as well. So there's positives to take. Uh, there's still a lot to work on, but there's certainly some positives. I have to agree. 
I mean, the big story going into the game, I'm just looking at the new font that the, the club are using. Incidentally, I mean, there's a great post by a man in Block 11 about things that Millwall fans will find to argue about. And it went through empty rooms, desert islands, and and, and now the font for the, for the team sheet, which is very hard to read. Um, yeah. Change yeah. it, Millwall, change it. And don't use the word drip for shirt either. That's another thing I'm starting. I'm, I'm turning into an old, old git listeners but anyway they've got, they've we're just got, we're just not with the times nick which me and you clearly not, not. The times clearly anymore, not. You know what I mean? ryan not. ryan ryan sat there with his backwards baseball cap on and sunglasses <laughs> loving every five minutes of it us with our <laughs> us with our horlicks we hated it <laughs> but i'm just looking at the starting 11 um i mean obviously the big story was ojo um shay ojo our new signing has gone ill it's gone sick i don't know no, that's there's no further detail that i've seen on that leading to uh, Tom Bradshaw making a start. Um, obviously, Smith um, was um, the starter at the weekend up there at West Brom. But last night, Tom Bradshaw, uh, a much maligned character. And, you know, yes, you, you've mentioned it already, Michael. He missed an absolute sitter in the in the second half that should have been scored. I, I can't, I, you know, I suppose you can argue that the goalkeeper did well to save that, but he should have scored it. Um, but... I, in, in Tom's defence, he's not a, a, a top-class striker. He's a very willing workhorse. And I thought he actually did an OK performance last night, bar the fact he missed Mr. Sitter, if that makes any... Not too contradictory for listeners' tastes. Yeah, I, th I think Bradshaw's always in an unlucky position. I, I, I do actually rate him as a finisher, as a goal scorer. As, as, as I said before, a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? He went on that fantastic run of scoring something like in about eight games in a row. So he he, he did know where the back of the net is, but I'm not sure whether like a confidence thing hit him or something happened. But yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. it just it just dried up. But I always um I always feel a bit sorry for him in these positions in the sense that he's always asked to do jobs that I don't think many other centre forwards in the division are asked to do. You know, there was a few times again where balls were played up to him and he's got no real support. No one's near him for about 30, 40 yards. And I think I said it in, in our little group chat, didn't I, Nick? At one point, he's, be, he's being asked to sort of have a ball punted up to him, bring it down, and then try and run on and score with it. And you think, well, that's, <laughs> that's like real Champions League level football you're asking someone to do. So, yeah, if, if you um, combine um, his work rate with Matt Smith's um, height and physique and, and goal scoring now, so then we might have, I don't know, it sounds, start to sound like... Um, uh, it might be half decent. It might be half decent. It's like a, the Bermondsey Cristiano Ronaldo or something. We're getting into that kind of level, aren't we? Yeah, it, it could be. It could be the Bermondsey Chris Ronald. Yeah, <laughs> Ronald Christopher. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean the starting eleven: Bielkowski, backline of uh, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, and, and Dan Ballard, who took a bad knock in the second half. He's not another one for the. Uh, ever lengthening mill injury list. It's um, I, I don't know. It's like a butcher's shop at Calmont Road these days. Um, midfield, uh, Keith Keithton, Belton, Savile, and uh, Savile took some criticism online, Michael, and I thought that was a bit harsh because I mean, yes, he's not producing um, world level um, balls through, but he, he, I mean, the whole team got for a load of hard work last night, and I. I I actually thought Savile was 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 a he was in the grind last night. You know, it was it was not one not a game that you could really criticise him for. But once again, online you just see this stuff, and I, I don't know I don't know what game they're watching sometimes. Mm, I think I think people are still, and myself included, to a degree, 
Um, I think they're obviously still expecting that Savile from old, aren't they? They're still box waiting the for that Savile to turn up, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and we we don't we don't play that under Gary Rowett. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not excusing Savile because, like I've said a few times on the pod, that perhaps he could pull his finger out a bit. But you, you you're not going to get box to box running midfielders in a Gary Rowett side. Um, he, his midfielders tend to be sort of defensive. Who then sort of asked the centre forwards or the wide players to do the work? Very, I'm, I'm not sure about you, Nick, but not including Savile. Have you seen a sort of attacking flair midfielder since Gary Rowett's come in? Out of all the combinations and squads we've had over the last couple of years, it's, it's not his natural. Um, it's not his natural bent, is it? I mean, actually, I just I'm going to run a short recording with Gary Rowett now. I just kind of it was a, a kind of a, a pick and mix from his interview post match last night. Um, with, with um, the Billy Taylor after the game. So we'll just run that now. Tough, tough few days with the West Brom journey and then again to Swansea. You know, I don't think the fixtures have been particularly kind to us in terms of the distance to travel on a midweek game. But um, and maybe we started a little bit leggy. I think Swansea are good at what they do. They, they think they had four shots first half to our three. I don't think there was a great deal of goal mouth action. Um, but what they do is they control the possession and they make it very difficult for you to jump out. I just felt as though we needed to be a little braver in pushing our two midfielders out. And, and um, you know, I think our, we, we played it a little bit safe. And a big thing for me first half is whenever we won the ball, our transitions, we just didn't use the ball well. Um, we just kept giving it away. And, that, and that, when it's like that, you're going to sit in and you're going to have to dig in and, and keep your shape. But I didn't think, I think they had one moment uh, in the box, but nothing... Nothing of real, you know, it's not like they've peppered us with lots of chances. Second half, I thought we were the better side. Um, to come away like that, to, to retain the energy, um, to be a bit braver, to step up the pitch and press a little bit higher. Um, we've had some brilliant, brilliant moments. Um, I think they've had one very good chance with Obafemi. We've had a great chance with Bradders. It's an absolute stone wall of a chance. And then I think there's about another six or seven, a bit like West Brom, but probably even more where there's six or seven opportunities just for that final pass into the box and we just couldn't quite find the right option um, but we certainly looked a massive massive threat on the counter and actually when we started to move the ball we we passed it with a little bit of composure as well and looked strong so you know the fact of the matter is we've got reduced options you know we've got Shea Ojo was ill so I think with Shea and Benick in and around the options tonight I think we could have changed the game in a way that could have opened it up with a little bit of pace and power and and uh, May started don't think was properly fit and, and ran out of legs um, and everyone else just had to really dig in. So so, um, so I'm pleased. It's not been easy. You know, I think it's probably been about 25 games since I've been able to pick anything close uh, to one of my, my teams that I think would be the best team. Um, but the players have given everything. Again, I can't ask for anything more other than just that final little bit. Achtung, Milbal. Welcome back, listeners. So as you could hear there, Michael, I mean, Gary Rout was referring to the injury list and in fact it's 25 games I think he said since he was in a position to pick his ideal starting 11. Um, I mean going back to Savile going and to some level Keithton but I thought putting a good good hard shift last night um, they were, they're being required to keep it very tight in the field to contain a team that, and you've mentioned it already in Swansea that passed the ball on a European level you know I mean it, it's we're going into battle with teams that are able to probably play a beautiful game or whatever way you want to put it on a level that we can't quite match. And we've got to keep it tight and keep it, um, you know, keep it defensive to hit teams on the break, which, you know, on another night, 
luck went, if luck had gone our way, we would have put one of those chances in. Um, but it didn't work out for us last night. But I think that the team are just being given instructions to keep it in a style that um, isn't maybe isn't pretty on the eye at times, you know? Yeah, I, I think at the moment, you, you're right. It does seem very like it's... Do, Gary Rout keeps continuously referring to the injuries. Um, yes, we have a lot, but I do think, not he's using it as an excuse, but he's he's sort of seeming to make it seem like it's a new thing. When We had nine players out at one point last year, but I, I believe Ryan said on the season review, yeah. we, we had players for a long time out last year, and it's the whole, for me once, shame on you, for me twice, shame on me kind of argument, because... If he knew that we'd be in a situation if we had one or two injuries, as Aaron said a couple of weeks back on the show, this is where the window that we've all judged as not being great has punished us again. So I think at the moment, you're right, he is really sort of grinding out results and he's kind of doing the, the whole, well, let's keep going until X is fit. Let's keep going until Y is fit and then we can reassess because that game last night, as fighting and battling as it was, that didn't seem like a game that we were going there to win or try and get a, a three points, was it? No, it was a game where we, I mean, in many respects, it's a classic away performance. Um, and I don't yeah, have a problem. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't have a problem with away football, Michael. I mean, it's when it gets played at home that you, you, you know, that's that's a different thing. We'll come on to that maybe after after Saturday on, uh, when we play Coventry. But um, if you're talking about an away performance at decent sides, West Brom were a decent side. Swansea a decent side. I know that the league table says otherwise, but from what I could see of them last night, they were a, a team well-versed in possession football, able to pass it around and pass it well. So, you, you know, you've got to you've got to match your resources to what's going to come at you. And it will be lovely to go hell to Skelter, but then we'd probably get beat. And we didn't, you know, maybe maybe by the skin of our teeth at times last night, we, we kept it tight enough to bring a point back from, from South Wales. Um, I mean, I, I just think it's, it's tough. The problem is that the squad is thin and there's no going to be no getting away from this, listeners, because when you look at the substitutes bench, um, you know, you're starting to see old old lags like Budvarsson and Alex Pierce lurking on there, although they never got anywhere near the field, frankly. But um, it, I had to laugh. I mean, not laugh. Don't laugh when the boy goes off injured with an eye injury, Ballard. But um, I thought, oh, here we go. Um, Pierce is going to come in. That's probably going to be the... We'll get done for pace and we'll get beat one or two nil now, you know. But instead, Ryan Leonard came in and did a good job. So it shows you. It appears to start to remind you of that 40 year old geezer who turns up to your Sunday league and always wears the track suit <laughs> and, 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 and we would offer to run the line, you know, if we, if we didn't have a linesman, you know, just to be involved. And the, the, the first one to register every season, even though he's not going to play. When yeah. I started working in the 70s, listeners, I was working for the civil service and there really were people in jobs there where you think, what, what does he do? He, all, he, all he does is walk around with a file in his hand all day. He doesn't seem to do anything. There are people just on the payroll, you know. And it's, I'm starting to get that vibe with Alex Pierce. All he does is walks the corridors of Calmont Road with a, with a file in his head. <laughs> That's his job. And to sit on the bench, because, I mean... You'll see, heart... him, you'll see him in a couple of years as Lurch's um, understudy. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I, I was I was really glad when he didn't come on and, and, and Leonard came in, because I thought Leonard is, is um, I mean, he's a very adaptable player, obviously. And um, at least it gives us some passing ability, which enabled us to retain the ball to a better, uh, a better level. I mean, you're right. There's not much to report from the first half, a couple of chances for... 
Swansea, perhaps, um, or half chances, um, an error by Bart. You say half chance, that one that they put wide mm. when they should yeah. have buried it, you know, the one that was played in at the near post, we got out of jail with that one, didn't we? We did, yeah. Um, yeah, that's 41 minutes error by Bart allows uh, Swansea forward misses from close. So, yeah, I mean, we, we we kind of dodged a couple of bullets there. We we didn't really show much in the first half. There was, a, I think, about two minutes in, we had a bit of ball head tennis in their penalty area. But apart from that, it was just a hard working, um, you know, not much to show type of half. Second half was enjoyable. I, I, I quite liked it. I don't know if I'm, you know, I'm, I sometimes wonder whether people online are looking for something that you're not going to get at this level of championship football. But I thought it was a really good open game in the second half and it could have hurt us, um, but we could have won it as well. And I, I quite enjoyed the second half. Yeah, it was quite it was quite backwards and forwards, wasn't it, at times? And and there was there was a few bits where yes, there was a bit of long ball football, but it went up to Jed and he looked like he was going to do some stuff with it. So no, I do, I do agree in those areas. I've got to say as well, um, you're saying about injuries. I think it was good to see Mason Bennett back. Yeah, he, he did well struggles. last night. Yeah. Yeah, and it just shows really, as as we said at the start of the season, didn't we, before he got injured, just how to a point, just how important he is because clearly Rowett likes to play that sort of three man up top, be it as a sort of fourth. Two, one, three, or whatever these young yeah, kids think yeah, it is, or or the five, two, three. But just having that one player out has now changed your entire tactics. And now he's back in. You're back to a five, two, three, which you're a bit more comfortable with. And we we did look better in the second half. So I could understand doing uh, taking him off because he hasn't had much game time, you know, and, and injury prone is the wrong word, but you know he's susceptible. Let's just say that's susceptible to injury. Yeah, but. Um, I just think that it's the kind of thing that, that we want to see. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him get a few more minutes in truth. But no, good return from Mason Ben. It was, it was a better second half, we say. And yeah, yeah, we could have nicked it. But we, we, we've got to talk about Bart saves, haven't we? World class. Um, Neil uh, Fisler posted asking a question, which is you'd need to have some length of time at the den. I've, I've got some length of time at the den as to whether he's our, one of our greatest. He's putting him in the same sentence as Alex Stepney, who I never saw. Um, who famously went on to Manchester United. Brian yeah, King. come on, Neil, 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 Neil Welpazat, use players that we know. <laughs> well, I mean, Brian do you know King. The dem- do you know the age demographic of this pod? <laughs> Folks over 35. Um, I mean, Brian King, I, I was privileged to see and should should have played for England. He was that good. But then you're going into the Casey Kellers, um, great, great, strong goalkeeper, um, international quality players he would show later in his career. And I think you've got to put Bart Bielkowski listeners into this kind of category. I mean, his career uh, to date doesn't really reflect how good a, a player he is. You know, he is. I think he's um, I, that save towards the end of the game. I thought this is a goal. You know, they're going to put it into the net, and they, they, it was a good shot on target. And somehow he's got across to bat it away. But there are other good saves through the, through the game. I'm just looking through the notes here. You know, saving the first half and, and through the second. He's a match winner. And, you know, when you've got a match winner, wow, that's 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 something to have. And, um, no, I, I think he's a world-class keeper, in my opinion. There, are, there can't be many better than him in the championship division, Michael. I'd say so as well. And I think those who, in speech marks, are better than him, uh, the ones that are sort of uh, guy TVs and the kind of people who don't necessarily know the ins and outs of the division will clamour towards the bigger names. I said it after QPR that 
a lot of people like the types of Charlie Austins because their names in the games or they're fashionable names. But where Bierkowski isn't a fashionable name at Millwall, he won't get the plaudits he deserves. It's very, to a point, I don't know if you agree with this, I think it's very similar to Jaskalainen when he was at Bolton. Yeah. You know, everyone was shouting and screaming about how good Kuduchini is and Czech are, and, and they rightly are. And, and these type of goalkeepers like Jens Lehmann. But over the course of a game, those those Latin names only have one or two one or two saves to make, whereas Jaskalainen has about 10, 15 absolute worldies a week to make. And and they do it superbly. So it really it really is the fact as well that, that Szczesny, or however you pronounce his name, at, um, uh, Juventus is the Polish goalkeeper as well, because how on earth is he not getting call-ups Bielkowski on this form? He, I mean, his age is against him, I suppose. Um, he clearly, I mean, be, there was a, a point where he didn't arrive at the den because of his knee injury, historic hit, uh, knee injury that he had. Um, so maybe that's played a part in his career. I mean, I, I hadn't followed him previously, so I've only really known him since his, his time at the den. But what a keeper. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that was that was, that was was a match-winning save last night because um, if that had gone in, we weren't, we weren't going to come back. Let's put it that way. So, um, also want to just maybe be counsel for the defence of Tom Bradshaw. Because I think he's, I've already said he's much maligned. I'm mean, just looking at the the note in 76 minutes. Good move, move. Bradshaw gets a touch in, but I actually thought it was well saved by the by the Swansea keeper. Who I think it was Ben Ben Hamer. Was he the ex Charlton player, yeah. Michael? Ex, ex- I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Name rings the bell actually. Yeah, um, I mean, right. it was a touch-in, um, but when if you look at the re- replay, um, Bradshaw gets in the right position. He gets the right touch on it. It's on on its way in the net, but the, the keeper makes his ground and, and, and gets a block on it. Um, maybe maybe someone else would have put it in the net, and you could say Bradshaw's got to put it in the net, but you, you can't really account for the the, the, the the decent save that goes into that because I thought that was a good save as much as a bad miss if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they are those, aren't they? They're they're those sort of one on ones that you know, like like nine out of ten times you do score. And and can can you imagine the sort of confidence Tom Bradshaw would have had if that had, if that had gone in? You know, he, he, yeah. he would have then started yeah. pushing for a start and everything like that. But if if I was Tom Bradshaw, I wouldn't be overly disappointed with that performance. He's not played a full ninety for goodness knows how long. He barely gets a start. He barely gets a game. And and when he did play, I, I think he he did enough to warrant at least his place in the squad. But as, as you say, Nick, yeah, as you say, though, Nick, the the, sub, the substitutions, not the ones he made, but the ones on the bench do worry me. Um, it's very thin. We, it's very thin. Yeah. I mean, you know, all, all joking aside, and it's easy to take the piss, but. I mean, um, John Daddy's time at the Den should be should be up. I mean, I, I, if he's not getting game time at all, which he is, he's just on the bench more, just have a body there, just as a, as a last ditch stand, I suppose. Same with Alex Pierce. Um, it's it's a desperate situation. Yeah, we don't have anyone that we're going to bring in. Conor Mahoney uh, came into the game, and I, I quite liked his contribution. Um, he's a naturally talented player, Conor. Um, don't know much more about him than that, but. I thought he did well when he did come in. And he, he brings a little bit of um, quality and touch, which is wonderful to see in a Millwall shirt. Um, but no, I mean, you know, we all know that our first choice front three will be Ojo and it will be uh, Afobe and Jed Wallace. So Tom can't, you know, he can only press his case. And, you know, he was unlucky that to meet a, a, a keeper that was able to make that save because I thought it was a well-saved moment rather than a bad miss, if that... Um, yeah, no, 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 I agree, I agree. 
some people should have should have, should have done better. But again, you're right. It was a it was good, uh, you could argue it's a good save. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole game was a tense finish. I mean, you're kind of waiting for the for the kick in the balls with the goal to go in, and in those last moments, six minutes of uh, of injury time, and the squad round their feet, as as they said on on the TV coverage last night. Um, but in the end, I think that was a good away point to take forward to a home game on Saturday against Coventry. Um, I mean, there are no must-wins. I think some of the pressure's probably eased off of Gary Rowett recently with those two good performances, one at um, you know, one at West Brom and now one at one at uh, it's not called a Liberty Stadium anymore, but anyway, Swansea. Um I mean, we could we could use a win at home, couldn't we? It would be nice to um just lift ourselves up and away from that. Um, early part, bottom of the table. Um, I was just looking at a, a message that uh, Doug in Sweden sent me. Um, Bradshaw needs to get his mojo back. Two one-on-ones. Was there another one-on-one? I might, maybe I didn't note that one down. Um, um, the Swedish beer. <laughs> he's, see, he's seeing things. Maybe. He's put something in his beer. Um, Mahoney <laughs> continues to improve, says Doug Rowett. He's not doing Billy Mitchell any favours at right back, as he doesn't that hasn't got the acceleration to beat anyone going forward or recover if defending. I mean, the, the departure of Marlon, and I don't really want to get involved in that, but um, it does leave a bit of a, a gap. I mean, we're well filling in with Billy and, you know, maybe Ryan Leonard can fill it in as well on that right side. But, it, you know, I, I think I think Doug does have a point there because it's it's not their natural position, Michael, is it? I think for either of them. Yeah, and, and, and that's what we said. And, and I know sometimes when out at fullback or wing back, the centre midfielders are normally the ones who fill in because you always seem to get that bit more space out at fullback than you do um, in other play, in other areas of the field. So you could do a bit more with it. So I do understand putting centre midfielders, centre, sorry, centre midfielders there as a stopgap. But yeah. it did, this goes back to what we said, though, Nick, again with the transfer window. You know, we knew Marlon was on the way out. We knew McNamara had an injury. Um, and it's not been a good one, but I think I think at the moment, as we said, the squad is the squad is dead thin. I mean, if if we Beyond didn't thin. send the likes, yeah, not my old, yeah, not my old jeans I slung out the other day where the Aris had gone. You know, you gone through it. it, it, it we're into 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 home um, territory now. Um, no, exactly. It's, start, it's starting to leak. But if <laughs> oh, I, I I understand Doug entirely your point, but it's very much like what can we do at the moment? We just need to grit and bear it and just hope that McNamara. What did they used to put on them on players? Horse plus centre or stuff like that to get them back fit or whatever it was. Just try some miracle to get them back quick. But yeah, Mitchell's in a very difficult situation. I think he's I think he's doing as well as he can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's you know, um, there's one take on it, and um, I think he's I think he's a good player. He's he's a Millwall boy through and through, um, and we want McNamara the, back ideally, don't we? Yeah. But the problem we've got is at the moment we're playing against a Coventry team at the moment who. Um, out of there, well, I'm just looking at the table now. They're, they're currently sitting in fourth for point off the top five wins from seven. Yeah. So it's, it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask because they seem to, uh, they, they were very much like nomads, weren't they? And like sort of uh, traveling yeah. around, weren't they? They were playing at Northampton at one point, weren't they? Uh, Northampton. I think they were at Birmingham last year, weren't they? Um, Birmingham. So now, now, yeah. yeah, now they're back at Coventry and it seems a bit harmonious. It's not the best time to play them, but let's, let's be positive. Let's be positive. Let's be Billy, positive. Billy Mitchell, Billy Mitchell hat trick. Um, Absolutely, that would be yeah, nice. Wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Jake Sanders says, "World class save from Bart right at the end." I think "world class" is 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 the right description. What a week Bart's had, 
34 clean sheets, Michael, from 99 league games, which just reinforces our, our point earlier on. 34 clean sheets in 99. Um, Tony Monday reckons we should have won that tonight. Uh, we were the better team, says Tony, over the 90. Jed causing them all sorts of problems in the last 30 minutes, but his decision-making was poor again, says Tony. Um, I, th I think you'd probably say that for a few players, really, Michael, because I think the final ball in was often the one that just went short. And I think, uh, the, I think the manager said that in his, in his interview after the game. Um, Bradshaw, <laughs> Bradshaw needs to find a Sunday team to play for with his pal Bodvars. <laughs> Bodvars might just make the bench of that Sunday team. Oh dear, I like that. Um, and, and John O'Mara finally says, uh, for Phoebe Hutchinson, oh, Joe and Danny Mack were in the team, we would have won that tonight comfortably. We really aren't that far away, says John O'Mara. I, I have sympathy for that point of view, John, and I think that you're right. I think that we are close. It's um, often the most frustrating part of all is when you're, you know, you've got players that are out of the game that would have really made a big difference. And I think last night's game was just such a situation. Um, now, Michael, I'm just going to take a quick break now. I'm going to listen to Harry and to and and to Mike Hayden, and I'm going to come back and just discuss, if you don't mind, the the subject of refereeing in the current situation. Hello. Well, that was mm, slightly promising, wasn't it? Um, a boring draw in some respects, but a positive performance in others. I thought we done. The defensive side of the game very well. Um, I think we were slightly a little bit a little bit hesitant to go in for the kill tonight. I think Gary Rowick left the sub a little bit too late. Maybe could have gone two up top. Um, Bradshaw, Wallace run themselves into the ground. Um, Bradshaw done a lot of trying to win headers in the first half, which he won with a flick on to nobody. Um, done a lot of running around and for someone that doesn't get much First team football, I thought he'd done quite well to last as long as he did. The chance that he got that he missed, I only saw once. I was watching it on the Sky coverage. Um, so again, I'd have to see that again. But it looked like he just hit it straight at the keeper. Um, he needs a goal. Um, he won't get a goal unless he plays. And he won't play unless he gets a goal. So the cycle begins again. Um but you can see why he was picked over Smith in terms of his mobility. He's a lot more mobile. And if he's going to be the player that is behind the phobie, I totally understand that decision from Rowett. Um, but he doesn't score goals. Um, that's the problem. But we don't score goals. Um, yeah, Bart, again, in dispatches, Bart was, last, well, last 10 minutes, the save is fantastic. I thought he was good in the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, all in all, a good point in in taking the result in sort of on its own merit, but in terms of the season, we can't keep drawing games. When you know we've got to, we've got to turn a corner. I know it's unbeaten in four in league and cup, but we've got to, we've got to start if we want to be serious about making progress. And I think to try and even stand still is is stupid in football. To try and make progress, we've got to start winning at home regularly. And we that's got to start with commentary on Saturday, even though Coventry in quite good form. Um, but yeah, interesting. I know the injuries are mounting up, but at the end of the day, the squad's Gary Rowitz. It's his his job to plan around injuries and get the points that push us up to the right end of the table. And um, 
be interesting to see what we do Saturday. But they look knackered there at the end. You can't ask any more of those players that are out there tonight. Um, even And another little side note is that he decided not to bring Pierce on. He brought Leonard on to replace Ballard. So if that doesn't tell you that Pierce shouldn't be at the football club, I don't know what will. But there we go. Signing off. See you all Saturday. Jiri Skalak here, uh, reporting from the home counties. Uh, didn't go to Swansea tonight, but watched it on iFollow. Uh, good point for the Lions and another good performance. Um, I think we started the game very, very well. Sort of first 10, 15 minutes, looked the better side. Um, and then Swansea really dominated the rest of that first half. I think they... Uh, Lots of sort of sideways passing though. I mean, they didn't really create many chances. Um, and I don't think Bart really had a shot to save in that first half. Um, the se- the second half, um, it came alive, the game, really. Uh, especially when Swansea, I think they made a change. They brought the lad um, over Femi on and um, put two up top. And that actually really played into our hands as it completely opened the game up. And it turned into a bit of a pinball match almost for the last sort of half an hour or 20 minutes or so. Um, you know, both teams had really good chances. Um, Bart, great save from that free kick. You know, they put one wide. Bradshaw's missed a really good chance. Um, I thought he played well tonight. I thought he put himself about and, you know, he linked up some play. But, you know, in this Millwall side, you know, we don't create many chances and a striker has to score that. Um and then, you know, we've had a had a couple of um, good chances sort of towards the end. Jed Wallace really causing them problems. Um, and in the end, yeah, just wasn't, couldn't find that that goal and, and neither could they. So it was an entertaining nil-nil draw, which I'm, I'm happy with because I'm pleased with the performance. You know, it wasn't um, all backs to the wall sort of trying to hang on. Uh, we really did go for it up until the final whistle. Swansea aren't as good as they have been in recent years. But that's not a bad point on the road. Um, I tell you what, you you would take that all day long, um, as long as it's a positive performance, which it was. So, um, yeah, hoping um, Daniel Ballard's fit for Saturday. It was quite a nasty cut he had uh, just underneath his eye. So hopefully that heals up and he'll be fit for Saturday. And it's just the uh, the Calmont Road crisis. Um, we just seem so unlucky at the moment. Well, for ages, actually, with injuries. I don't know what's going on. You know, Ojo ill tonight. Ballard goes off with that cut. You know, it's a really depleted squad. And, and Max on iFollow commentary actually made a good point at the end. If we'd have had our full squad available, we'd have won that game today. Uh, and I agree with him. So, big game on Saturday. Coventry are no mugs. I mean, they've had an incredible start to the season. I don't think anyone expected that. So, it's going to be a tough, tough game. Um, on Saturday they're going to have their backs up but I think we're growing in confidence you know a couple of good performances now you know we're unbeaten in three um, so I'll go into the game hopeful come on you selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Achtung. Um, now, Michael, um, you are, in the, you know, just without revealing any any state secrets, you are you you have a kind of like a little side on of being a referee, mate, don't you? You, you do a bit of um, refereeing of games, and 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 you've done some some of your badges and so on. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've recently t- took it on because my my two boys are now playing some sort of Sunday league football, um, and sometimes it's a bit tricky to get referees, uh, and we'll explain in more detail how that works. So. What I did was it was half to sort of get some be- um, sort of qualifications and the certification so that if I was ever needed and called upon, if I was at a game and a ref didn't turn up, I could jump in the middle and sort of do it properly because obviously you don't mind people volunteering or helping out, but, you know, sometimes parents, as, as, as much as they may try, may not be up to date with sort of rules and laws and that kind of stuff. So it was just my way of trying to sort of give back something to, to them and help them out a little bit. And since then I've been... Um, I've, I've had a few games in the middle, which um, which we'll touch on in again in detail. I've been enjoyable. I've had their challenges, but I've done a lot of games um, as an assistant as well. So I've I've even done games including West Ham's academy and Charlton's academies and Exeter City, those kind of things. So if it's, it's one of those things, um, and I'll touch on one of the positives. If you actually really want to watch like some good football, some good youth football, or, or even semi-pro level. It's a great way of doing it because you're literally, you know, in, in the best seat of the house. You know, you, you're officiating on it, but you get to see some really good young up and coming players. Yeah. And I mean, the, the referee, like the policeman's lot, is not often a happy one because you're kind of um, everyone's favourite panto villain, aren't you? But yeah, it's an essential role. No referee, no football match. And I sometimes thing i mean the reason that we're talking about this listener just to just to do a proper introduction um there's actually a shortage of referees at the moment and the kent fa michael there's like an open letter on their um website which um i saw on twitter and you've seen the same thing i think it was one of the other county fas that said a a very similar thing um that there's been a big big drop off in people willing to referee at the kind of level that you're describing now um in since the maybe what we might call the post-COVID, the return to normality period or whatever way you want to call it at the moment. But there's a big shortage of refs out there at the minute. Yeah, and, and there are. And don't don't get me wrong, and I'm not trying to sanitise fan bases or sanitise the game. Do not take it this way. I am all for passion. I'm, I'm all for like a fan. When I've refed some games before, some people have given it to me and I've given it, given it back. And we've actually had a laugh as we're doing it. So some players do get it, but... On this open letter, there, there was a bullet point section. I, I, mm. If I'm incorrect, Nick, do do correct me. But there was one yeah. bit where a, a 
referee was physically attacked because he gave yeah. a decision. There physically. was one where a referee... Fisticuffs, yeah. Yeah, yeah fisticuffs. He was physically followed back to his changing room when actually technically under some leagues, you're not actually allowed to talk to a referee up until a certain point after a game or at half-time. He was physically followed back to his changing room. You're getting absolute dog's abuse. And and it can't really go on because I think the problem that you've got is in football, especially grassroots, is that you've got you've got some people who who know the basics. Speech marks basics are a bit more than than that of football, but they don't know the intricate detail. So when a ref gives a decision and it is the intricate detail why, mm. they just start getting absolute abuse held at them. Or it's always the referee's fault if something goes wrong. And especially now when you've got modern technology, I've seen it recently and I and I'm, I've shared some pages with you to follow as well nick to yeah, look at but yeah. you've you've got people you've got social media pages now where people are putting up videos of decisions and going well how could the ref give this or how could they? and so it's pinpointing even more like sort of mistakes if you will or arguable decisions that referees are making and when you're in the absolute heat of the moment i i had it the other week there was a decision that i gave where it was one of those you just knew as soon as you blew the whistle that no one would be happy. So you've just got to give the best you can. And I had one team who generally thought they were Dan, Dan played or they were, they were, it went against them. They were screaming, absolutely screaming at me. And then you had the other team who were like, oh, cheers, ref, that kind of thing. But what people at grassroots level don't realise is, is they're, they're looking at the refs on the TV and thinking that, you know, look, grassroots referees are like UEFA level refs with VAR yeah, yeah, and yeah, officials yeah. and all that kind of thing. I, I had a game the other week where they, they were two great sides. I, I'll, I'll call them out if they, anyone listen, but I had um, Bexley United versus Greenwich Mariners. Now, they both were short of players. Um, one of them, I think, only had one sub, one had the other. Um, the other had, like, no subs. So I just said, I said, I've got no, no assistance. I physically won't be able to give offside unless they're absolutely blatant, you know? So yeah. because, because of how far the ball will be, because, you know, you could be down one side of the pitch and someone hoofs it. You ain't going to make that distance up, even if you use same bolts, you can't see. Yeah. But they were still, they were still appealing. They were still appealing for the half yard offside, which is fine because they, they arguably could have been offside. But when you're grassroots level and you don't have these other officials to help you out, or you don't have these other people in place to help you or a clear line of sight, how can you give a decision that's half a yard, but you're still expected to? So I that's that where was... I think a lot of the issues are. I mean, the, 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 the open letter, which um, was, was published by the Kent FA, um, was basically, I mean, it, it, was, it was asking the reader to speculate on why there's a big shortage of referees and, and that it's dropped off a lot since post-COVID. Uh, um, now, that could be a factor, Michael. People after COVID, you know, it's affected us all in different ways in our lives. And, you know... There's a myriad number of reasons to why someone might have refereed before in the, in the normal times. And then in the post-COVID times, maybe you, you can't, you don't want to, or whatever the cause may be. No one knows. So COVID, is, that's, that's part of this drop-off. It's quite substantial. almost like a 25% drop in the numbers of people refereeing in Kent. And this goes across the rest of the country, listeners. The other one I read was somewhere up north. I can't think. It, was, it might have been Lancashire, or it might have been um, Yorkshire. I can't remember which. Um, but it's a similar story. I don't think the the underlying issues are different. Um, but then the prime the prime reason given by the Kent FA for sure, and I don't think this will come as any surprise to anyone listening, is the torrent of abuse that referees are often given on the pitch and and post match. Um, I, I read the point that you said about someone following 
the ref back to the car park or whatever case may be, street, whatever, wherever he's parked. Um, and then there's an, uh, they'd listed like an under 18 referee of a game where someone was in his face screaming, yeah. um, blue murder at him, which is unforgivable. It really, for, for a young kid who's trying to just do because, in the, the day, referees, yeah, some of them want to do careers, some of them want to do well, some of them, less people who just want to earn a few quid. You should be going up to kids screaming in their face because they'd give a fry when it should be a foul. You know, there's something wrong with people who do that. There really is. Well, I think, but I mean that, that goes to the heart of it, and and I, I I don't know that any of us have got an answer other than to examine ourselves. I suppose um, I, I well remember uh, when my nephew um, was young. So this is going back what 10, 15 years or so now, when he joined a, a, a park site set up by a couple of ladies, I think in in Sidcup, in one of the parks in Sidcup, and he joined their site. But there was a code of conduct for parents that they signed yeah. up to for parents. That you're yeah. not you're not watching. I don't. Well, come, they put it as Arsenal versus Chelsea, but you know what I mean, listeners. You're watching kids aged in at that time. You'd have been like about eight or nine, something like that. Um, so you're not to shout abuse. You're not to. You're not to to heckle the other side. You're not at Millwall. Do you know what I mean? It's. I thought, is this is this real? Is this how people conduct themselves well, at kids football yeah. matches? Well, you look, Nick, as well. I mean, I'm not. It wasn't as last year. It was a few years ago now. There's, there's now ropes around pitches that parents ain't allowed within a certain level. What is all that about? Because of the sheer sort of not abuse specifically to refs, but just the way some of them behave. And you think, and and you and you know, it is a, it is a passionate game. I get that. I've been, I do you know what? When I used to play football, what an arsehole I was. I'll be honest with you, every single decision the ref gave, if I could go back in time now, I'd say to my younger self, shut up, you know, stop moaning all the time. But the bits that get me and some of the Twitter pages, we'll, 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 we'll go back to the kids' football in a minute, but we'll talk about sort of adults' football a bit more yeah, here, yeah, yeah. is that, is that I, I, I ref them, I won't name the teams, I won't name the weekend or whatever it was, but... I ref the game where one team ended up winning something like 11-0 or 11-1. There was this one fella, he was having not his best game, right? It wasn't the best game he was having. It was about 8-0 with 10 minutes to go. He's not played particularly well, was very shirt pulley all game and everything like that. He's pulled a shirt. I blew a whistle. He went, fucking hell, ref, you've been shit today. I've been, and I turned around and I I've been shit. I've been shit. I've, I, was, I was like, so, so me blowing the whistle now is the reason you're 8-0 down. <laughs> you know, and and he looked at me, and and I, I went, I went. Can you not, can you not understand what you're trying to say? Like I said, I should really book you for descent because you know, but you're eight nil down. There's no point because they'll probably just score more. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's those little things as well where where you've got play some players, and I don't know whether it's a generation thing or whether, but some players just cannot comprehend that they've done something wrong, and or they've had a bad game. And if it, if they had a bad game, they'll they'll take it out on someone else that's not them. Now, that's fine if that's how you want to be, but don't don't curse or swear or physically threaten, abuse or get in referees' faces because sometimes there's, there's a lot of people I've spoken to who are no longer refs, and the number one thing they say to me, Nick, what do you think it is? Well, oh, I gave so it up. I, 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 if I was a referee, which I've never have been, but if I was a referee and I've got someone screaming at me because, you know, for the reasons you've described, no, I don't well, I mean, it's a voluntary position. You're not getting paid for this, are you? Even if you were getting well, paid, you, you, you've been told yeah. of better conditions than that. But well, you, you get, but you get, you do get paid a a certain rate, you know. But it's not, 
it's that's not enough. Near... That's not enough to justify all the names under the sun being slung at you. From no, no, frames, exactly. And 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 don't get me wrong. Shoe on shoe on the other foot. There has been a couple of games I've had that have been really, really good. Mm. And I'm not sure as well whether the higher up the divisions you go, or if you get away from the grassroots, like it's obviously the code of conduct's better. But boo hiss, I'll say their name. But when I did um, a West Ham game a little while ago, and I was doing line, great team, really respectful young side. Charlton, yeah. really respectful young side. And there was a Peckham Town game I did with Mary Phillip, the old mill line. This is the manager of now. They another another respectful thing. So it, it, I, w- I will be honest, it's not all the time, you know. No, but is um, there think... enough to, to to warrant this this open letter? And there's also the figure the, the actual percentage drop. Mark. I mean, something's causing this this drop off in people willing to referee games because I think the Kent um, Post said that there's going to be X number of games. Can't remember how many it is now, but then they're just not going to have a referee. Um, sort it out between yourself. so the, yeah. that's, that's 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 the that's the logical conclusion you don't have a referee and you know yes you, you can play i suppose with someone from uh, the home side or whatever but it's not quite good enough really is it yeah and and the thing is as well is you like you, you don't mind you don't as i said if you if you are like a sort of fixed skin referee you don't mind the banter like, like when mill will give it all the old lino lino you, you're a you know what you are mm. kind of thing but I've, I've, I suppose the line, I, I'd probably have a little chuckle at it. I mean, like I said, when I did Peckham Town a little while back, um, there were some few people in the stand, and sometimes I raised my flag, and there was a bit of bit, who are ref, line, are you sure? So I turned around, had a bit of smoke with them, and give it back. Those bits you don't mind. You mind those laughs, you mind those jokes, but it's the, like I said, it's like when you give a decision, and the defending team or the team you give it against are literally running up to you and screaming in your face. For yeah. why why have you given it? Why have you given it? And it's like like there was I, I had a, again sorry to keep babbling on with the stories, but a little while back I and this is where the laws of the games are very very interesting because I have I was refing a game where a, a chap got fouled in yeah. the build up. He was having like a little trip. He's got back up and he's still got the ball at his feet. He's looked at me and he's gone. Well, what are you going to give ref? I said play on because you've clearly got the ball and you've got you the know, advantage. You've got yeah. the advantage. You've yeah. got the advantage. Play on. So that happened about six or seven times in the game. This team just kept looking at me and going, and they were adults. So it wasn't like kids football. They were adults going, I'll ref this, ref that. And again, they were nice lads, but it was this kind of thing. There was one of them where the kid, the, the guy got tackled. I blew up, but they had the advantage. They then screamed at me, I'll ref play the advantage. So I pulled the captain in. I said, the last half a dozen of these I've given us plenty the advantage. You've moaned that. The one time I've actually given you the foul, you're moaning at me again. Every single time... And that's what I said to him. I said, every single time I've given you the decision, you've found fault, even though you're the one who's been given it. So I don't know what your problem is, kind of thing. And, and like they sort of back down. But that's the lesser point. Even when games are going well, people are still moaning at you for when you're giving the right decisions. And I can speak on behalf of other refs. You think that sometimes some people go, oh, refs, they've got it in for us. They give it against us because they don't like us. There's no point. We don't even know who half these teams are before we're assigned them. So no, we're not no. going to go like, oh, yeah, we had them last week. They're a bunch of knobs. We'll give a penalty against them because that's not under the laws of the game. You're not allowed to do it. So all of these people who are saying, oh, referee, you, you don't like me because last week I've kicked someone. Well, that was last week, mate. You know, move on. Get on yeah. with it. But sorry sorry to labour a point. I'm just giving some examples from my own experience to, to tell you no, something. It's interesting. it's interesting. I've no experience of refereeing myself. I don't think I'd make a very good referee, dear listeners. Um, I do know that once we had um, a football tournament called the Lions Trust Cup at the Den, um, which was pretty good. It was a very enjoyable day. 
apart from one team, I can't remember their name now, but they wanted to have a fight with everyone. And um, the ref, they called the referee, one of the, some volunteer refs, and they wanted to get in his face. And one bloke offered him outside in the car park. And, you know, and it's all very well to joke about it and all the rest of it. But actually, the poor kid was quite shaken up by the, by the experience, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're not doing it for those reasons. This was a charity day. And you think, fuck me, you know, I mean, you're there for good reasons, not because it's Euro 2021 or something, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a mindset of a certain type of yeah. person. Sadly. I, th- I think if, yeah, I think if I can say one thing, um, so a little while back, I, we went to a meeting, or sorry, but say one thing, I've said loads of things. Um, but if we, we was at a meeting recently, uh, a few refs got together to sort of law changes. Yeah. And there was a law change. So remember the Patrick Bamford um, when he pointed for the ball in the game and his arm was offside, that kind of thing. All right. Um, so basically, IFAB, who sort of do the laws of the game, and now saying obviously because of VAR, that kind of thing, that would now be classed as an offside. So we was all sat there and we was a bit like, well, how would we see that on a Sunday? You know, mm. um, and that kind of thing. <laughs> how, would we, how would we be able to see it? And he'd be like, we'll be down to your match officials to see that. And so, again, it'd be like, well, you're now asking us at grassroots level to pick up on things VAR looked at seven times last season. And with that decision, they changed how VAR is now being used. Yeah. But you're asking us to look at that grassroots level. So, but again, this is the argument with the laws of the game. I suppose so, like, everyone with their mobile phone is their own personal VAR, aren't they? Um, yeah, of course. And, yeah. and the funny thing was as well, I actually said it to my dad the other day in the car when we was chatting about it. Um, We've these laws have changed, but not everyone knows that the laws have been changed. So you're giving a decision based on the new law that's come in, but somebody could still be playing 2020 to 2021 rules, which I know it's down to the responsibility of players and management and team admins and secretaries or whatever, or you know, analysers to, to sort of say that these are the new laws that are coming in. But it doesn't happen everywhere. So if you was to give that your arms offside. You could have someone scream in your face, well, no, last season it weren't, it weren't, it weren't. So now you've got to stop the game and explain to them, well, actually, mate, that law's changed. No yeah. one told me. Well, now they have. <laughs> you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, to, to, to go on a very laborious point, listeners, it's tough being a ref. And I do like the banter. I like the laugh and joke. And, yeah, do you know what? If you think, if you think my decision's wrong or the ref's decision's wrong, absolutely question it. I'm not saying don't do that. But don't threaten to have out referees after games. You know what's wrong? What's, what's wrong with you? At the end Second, of the day, absolutely. Second, did hug hug your referee. There's there's not enough. Hug, of them. hug your ref. We've there's all been en- double jabbed. Hug us now. <laughs> there's not enough of them, and it's a reducing number for the reasons that the Kent FA outlined very very well. It's well worth a look. Go go on Twitter. I think I can't remember the handle, but it's Kent FA. You'll find them. It's out there. Yeah, and, and um, sorry, and, and a lot of other leagues are posting it as well. So the um, so we we cover on this show, um, Eriff Town and all those things in that division. Um, and they've actually sort of copied and pasted and retweeted it as well. So if you can't find it on Kent FA, it's on that website as well. Great stuff, Michael. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk about these and Swansea and all these other issues. Big thank you to Michael Avery. Thank you for coming on, mate. No problem at all. And thank you, listeners. See you all Saturday for uh, Coventry. I'm not around much this weekend, but I will be talking to hopefully someone on, on Monday for post-Coventry um, you know, roundup. And then obviously I'll be in the, at the den midweek for the Leicester game. So until then, dear listeners, from Michael and myself, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Mill. Curiosity.
you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. However, that's your Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.